The following is a presentation of the Boston Podcast Network. Podcasting is a great way for professionals to tell their story. Find out how you can get started at pod617.com. I've had experiences I cannot explain. Okay. I had an implant in my head that was taken out by a, a doctor at Harvard Hospital. Whoa, get, whoa, Hold whoa, on. Whoa, whoa. Wait. Marky. <laughs> what? Oh, yeah, we buried the lead here, Marcus. Tonight on Monsterland, hey, nice orbs, a new Monsterland case file, scattered pictures of the UFOs you left behind. Monster mail, monster shoutouts, don't call to come back, we're tanned, we're rested, let's go! Welcome to a wicked mystery, a paranormal perfect storm known simply as Monsterland. The Monsterland podcast is recorded live in an undisclosed location somewhere in the heart of high strangeness, just outside of Monsterland, Massachusetts. And now, here are your hosts. Paranormal author, researcher, and speaker, Ronnie LeBlanc, and the host of the Curse of Oak Island drilling down on the History Channel, Maddie Blake. Welcome to Monsterland, the show where we try to figure out what the heck is going on <laughs> with all this paranormal stuff coming at us fast and furious all around the world, but we try to look at our own backyard because it's happening right here in a place called Monsterland. So we look at the cases around the world, we compare them to things that are happening to us, and we try to figure it all out with you. Welcome, Ronnie LeBlanc. What's up, Maddie? How are you, bud? I'm rested. You look I'm, tan. I, I got burned because I'm Irish, <laughs> and I went golfing. I went to Florida for uh, 10 days. Oh, my God. I golfed uh, eight of the 10 days. That's fantastic. And, like, most of the day. It was actually pretty – it was actually – actually, it's unhealthy. <laughs> but you were your pops, right? Yeah, I was with my dad, so – is that's my bliss. My, my as I've mentioned here on this very podcast, I've told uh, golf stories. One that was supernatural. That's right. I remember my mom, the, the bird, and the bird. Yeah. yeah. So you can go back and listen to that old episode. Um, how are you, Ronnie? Thank you. That was a golf clap. That's an actual golf clap oh. after one of my shots. Thank you, producer Dave. Uh, we got a full studio tonight. We got a studio audience. We got some guests in the studio. Welcome. Thank you for being here. Um, oh, they're they are eager tonight. Wow. Wow. What a great crowd. I should have done a quick five. <laughs> uh, Ronnie, what did you do over there? We took a week off. Yeah. Uh, what did you do? Not much. Just uh, hung out with the fam. Mm-hmm. That's about it. Nothing, any, nothing adventurous. Any high strangeness? Any weirdness? I did, uh, let's see. No. Nothing. Nothing, nothing followed you? Uh, no. I, I, it was pretty quiet. Obviously, I was on the road. Although I did have some, you know, again, that mom connection I've mm. been having on vacation uh, with my dad alone in that place. She actually she actually passed in Florida. Not He sold the condo in which she passed, but everything gotcha. we did Florida was all her. Everywhere we went was like where her and my dad loved to go. Mm. And, you know, nothing happened like had happened with the dream when she showed me. So like, nothing that powerful, but she was clearly there. It was, so I was kind of um, in that space the whole mm. week, you know, in that kind of... Uh, spiritual space, you know, paranormal is the wrong word. 
um, well, I guess technically it is. Right. But you know, that kind of like spiritual space of like, oh, she's here. Yeah. And my dad and I were just openly joking about it. Like, oh, she like that. That's so her right now. You know, like those (laughs) moments. So that was really cool. That's awesome. Um, We have a heck of a guest tonight. We do. We've got a new Monsterland case file. We haven't done one of those in a while. Um, We also have follow up. If you, if you, that's, uh, that's okay. If you go back, that actually was the alert uh, for I'm rambling. That's the alert that goes off when I ramble. The rambled. rambling yeah, alert? Uh-huh, that's Maddie's rambling. It gets progressively louder <laughs> as the ramble continues. <laughs> no, it's it goes off every time I tell a golf anecdote. <laughs> it's like an alarm. Your mic just shuts off. Yeah. <laughs> um, yeah, so uh, we have a Monster Night case file. If you go back and listen to uh, a little special we did, our live special, we did as a bonus episode mm. from our season two live kickoff, we had a guest on there named Danielle, and if you're not local to the Massachusetts area, which many of you, maybe most of you aren't, uh, she's a local news person on a popular morning radio show, very lovely, very talented, and she sent us a stunning piece of video. That was wild. She was on the show to tell us about a, she had a shadow person encounter. Several, right? Yes. And boy, something happened to her. We'll get into that. We'll analyze that video. Your monster mail poured in over the week we were gone. We got tons of monster mail. We picked like the three or four or five best or most interesting. I think we'll have a monster media and uh, much, much more. But uh, Ronnie, give Guess us- on the monster media. Man. All right, great. Set, yeah. <laughs> He's ready. And I have, a ba- I have one too in case, uh, in case you needed it. Beautiful. Um, so Ronnie, and actually even better, it came from a viewer, David, today's monster media. Um, Ronnie- before we get into the interview, tell us a little bit about our guest, Mark D'Antonio. Sure. So uh, Mark D'Antonio is the head um, photography and video analyst for MUFON, which is the Mutual UFO Network. It's a huge organization. It's global. Uh, he's also the CEO of FX Models, which is uh, model making and special effects. Mm. Now, here's the interesting connection from our last guest. Okay. okay. Uh, so the director of... The Man Who Killed Hitler and Then the Bigfoot. Mm-hmm. That was executive produced, that film, by Douglas Trumbull. Douglas Trumbull is actually Mark D'Antonio's business partner in his special effects company. And Douglas Trumbull was the special effects guy for Close Encounters of the Third Kind. Huh. So there's just a weird connection here and how this all comes to play. <laughs> oh. <laughs> I think, does that mean I'm getting, does that mean I'm rambling again? No, that was in your head, man. Oh, okay, okay. <laughs> um, all right, so well, let me get this straight. Our guest, who is MUFON's go-to guy to analyze videos and pictures of potential yep. UFOs, works with our last week's guest. The executive producer of his film. Of Douglas, his film. Yeah, and he's, he's a... Completely unplanned. The uh, timing <clears throat> was completely unplanned. Right. That's pretty weird. And uh, Mark's going to talk about, I met Mark a few years ago. He speaks pretty regularly every year at the New England UFO conference in mm-hmm. October in Lemonster, Mass. And uh, he has an awesome story when he's, he's done, and he does now a lot of different top secret contracts for the Navy and military. He'll talk a little bit about that. But one of the uh, times he was visiting um, the Navy, he witnessed something come across on radar, which he'll talk about, uh, what they call like a fast walker, a fast mover. Yeah. Um, so these, we know of UFOs, so there's USOs, yep. unidentified submerged yep. objects. So he's going to talk a little bit about that. And then he also, with Douglas, created this thing called the UFO TOG 2, um, which is this device 
I know what that is. That's a new IPA, right? Yeah. <laughs> The USO Tog 2. So that's good. It. It's, oh, it's delicious. It's an 8.5, though. It'll really hit you. <laughs> oh, wait. But uh, so this device. Oh, yeah. <laughs> this device, and he'll talk about this, uh, is can be left in areas that are considered hot spots. And it can capture different uh, signatures, whether it's seismic, thermal. And so the idea here, here is to use this to find out when UFOs show up when sightings happen, certain hotspots, what are the conditions, what kind of happens? And so I would love to get one of these when he comes out in October, we can put something in Monsterland and uh, talk to him a little bit about that. So he so. basically invented a, a UFO detector in a way. Yeah. Right? With Douglas. And Is this this could really change the whole wow. UFO research field with this device. Oh, I love it. So when we talk about all these photos and videos of potential UFOs um, that people put online... Um, when MUFON gets one, they go to him. Right. And he'll look at it. And he's been on a bunch of different shows, uh, NASA Unexplained. He's the go-to scientist. He's an astronomer. Um, and so, yeah, any kind of footage that shows up in that recent one, the U Utah UFO yeah. footage. Yeah, I sent that to him. And so hoping to get oh, some great. Great. feedback from him and what he thinks of that, if that is. Because yeah. he has, um, he also mentioned uh, when he comes out in October... He's going to probably bring his drone that has a thermal camera oh on it, and we can take that out with him in the in Monsterland. Oh, we're definitely going to. That'd be, be awesome. Oh, my God. Now, I, that Utah one, I can't wait to hear his opinion on, because I didn't like that one at first. You did, but but I was won over in, in just watching it, watching it, reading yeah. about it. It is pretty. I've seen some outlandish theories of what it could be, um, so we'll get into that with him. Uh, before we get into the interview, how about, how about we haven't done this segment in a long time, yeah. and this has been building over the past... Uh, Weeks since we've been off. How about some monster shout-outs, David? Hit it. Ooh. Now it's time for monster shout-outs. We want to shout-out you, monsters, uh, for all your support online, um, on Facebook. The comments increase. The messages are increasing. Keep them coming, please. We love them. Do you see that guy, Donnie the Wrestler? Donnie. Who? Donnie Brooke. He's the man. Tell me about Donnie. Donnie is uh, he's a researcher, and he's... Uh, Professional wrestler, former professional wrestler. <laughs> you had wrestler. me a wrestler. I don't even care if he's professional. <laughs> he's been he's been following us and on Facebook and sharing different things. And he's legit. He's he's a investigator that can definitely shed some light on some cases for us. Yeah, how about that for a first date? You go out with a guy like, what do you do? Um, a UFO investigator. Oh my god, and wrestler. <laughs> oh my god, <laughs> jackpot! Uh, thank you, Donnie. He he gives us some love on uh, social media. Which one is he now? Wait, I'm watching video. Is he the guy in the bowler hat and the mustache and the one piece? Like, uh, he's got like the King Kong Bundy one piece. Unless, yeah. wait, no, he might he be the ripped, jacked guy. I don't know. Oh well, Donnie, you're either um. You're either <laughs> you're either a brawler or you're like a super jacked uh, millennial. I'm not sure, <laughs> but either way, thank you for the thank you for the shout out. Um, also, how about this shout out? This is a tie in from last week, Ronald. Mm. As only seems to be happening with this show, time and time and time again, another weird connection. Okay, that's Donnie. Yeah, Donnie's yeah. in the King Kong Bundy Unitard. I love it. I love it. <laughs> uh, love it. All right. So last week I mentioned uh, my friend Tony Arkin. Yes who is uh, a fantastic actor. And he was just at the SAG Awards because he was nominated. He played a character called Stavos on a wonderful show called The Americans. Mm. And, um, oh, producer Carrie loves The Americans. Al Alan Arkin's out. son. Yes, he's Alan yeah. Arkin's son, but an amazing uh, filmmaker, artist, actor in his own right. 
one of my best friends in the on the planet Earth. Mm. Um, we did a he directed a thing I wrote, which is the highlight of my career. Best thing I ever did was with him under his guidance. Well, um, I mentioned him last week. I sent him the episode of the director of the of the man who killed Bigfoot, uh, the man who killed Hitler, and then the Bigfoot. Excuse right. me. And um, I figured he would be inspired by that because Tony's a filmmaker, and he just he's going through it now with his mm. first film, uh, his first feature length film, and. You know, the fact that it took last week's guest, Bob, 12, 10 years or yeah, 12, 12 years, years to make it, I thought yeah. Tony would find that inspiring. Well, so here's the weird thing. I sent it to Tony, not even realizing that that was the episode I gave him a, sh I gave Tony a shout out oh my during, God. total yeah. coincidence. So he's like, hey, thanks for the shout out. I'm like, what are you talking about? He's like, well, in the episode you shouted me out, I go, I didn't even realize that I sent, you sent it to you because I thought you'd like the director part of it. <laughs> uh, but then it gets weirder. I got to show you this picture. So Tony sends me this uh so a few years ago, uh, five, six years ago, I had a, a part in a movie called Hits uh, by David Cross, the yeah. actor. Oh, yeah. uh, so it was his debut uh, as a feature filmmaker. And it didn't do anything. You know, it, he, it was like a, uh, he did this kind of unique marketing thing, pay what you want. It was called Hits. And uh, Tony was listening to our David Weatherly episode, walking down the streets of Manhattan, listening to my voice. And he walks into that. Get out. <laughs> so what it is is... Tell us what we're looking at here, man. I'm going to tell you. crazy. I'm going to tell you. He was walking through Manhattan, and he sees a lamppost, and on the lamppost is a sticker for the movie Hits. Now, the chance... What this are movie is of that? It's six, seven years old or whatever it is. It's, no one knows about it. It didn't do anything. And he looks up while listening to my voice and sees the... Unbelievable. And Tony edited... My my reel, like my acting reel, so he had hits, so he knows it really well. Oh my god! So it was this weird, just another crazy thing. Um, is Jason Ritter. In Jason Ritter's in hits. Yes. Um, Amy Sedaris. Amy Sedaris is We're in looking it. Looking at the trailer. Matt Walsh. That's me and Matt Walsh. You'll see me. Uh, I don't know if I'm in the trailer. Did but, you make the trailer? Uh, I beat and tase him at some point. If you have a chance, check it out. Actually, because I'll make residuals. So <laughs> <laughs> stream it, will you please? Uh, Even if Blake you don't watch it, just stream it. Your fifty-three cents. It's very, very funny. Uh, not great, maybe for the kids. It's a little edgy. Um, as you'd expect from a David Cross movie. So shout out to Tony Arkin. There's oh, me. there you are. I made it. <laughs> I made the trailer. So anyway, shout out to Tony Arkin. Tony Arkin. So great. Like many artists, we've talked about this before, many artists, many actors, many musicians, has a couple UFO encounters. One that's Let's insane. A 9-11 UFO encounter. Which, I mean, which, why don't we do a specialized episode on that? Uh, not specifically 9-11, because I don't want it to be too, too heavy, mm. but... Um, UFOs around events, be they traumatic or maybe wars or like the Battle of Los Angeles, things sure. like that. So we'll do UFO encounters around events. Antonio will come on and talk about his UFO encounters, one of which happened on 9-11. Um, what else? Shout outs. Uh, we got a couple super monsters already, like super fans that we love. All y'all who are sharing it, please continue to do so. That's how we grow. Um, I did a poll. We, we've done a couple polls, Ronnie, recently. And... Uh, on the Monsterland Twitter account and Facebook account. So one in, in preparation for tonight's interview, our guest tonight, um, I want to see how that poll is doing. Please participate. Where are we on social media, Ronnie? Could you tell everybody? At Monsterland Pod. You can find us on Facebook, Instagram, Twitter, all over. 
The and pardon me, guys. Yes, uh, listeners should know they can now find the podcast on Spotify. You have a growing audience, a uh, humble but growing audience on Spotify for those that use that, of course. That's fantastic. I That's never awesome. think of Spotify. I didn't even, quite frankly, I didn't even know we were on it. You might have not. <laughs> <laughs> because I want to be honest, Producer Dave, I'm not quite sure what it is. <laughs> you seemed a little unsure as is to whether some... you were actually in the movie we were just watching. So, Maddie um, thought it was some kind of household cleaner, <laughs> uh, but it's not. It's, <laughs> yeah, not it's a floor cleaner and a dessert topping. No, that... Sp- no, Spotify is, is, well, Spotify just, Producer Kerry, Spotify just bought whom? Oh, Podcast company. Gimlet. Gimlet, right. Media. So and they're getting they're more and more podcasts. into podcasts, and it's yeah. it's super easy to use the, the Fantastic. app. Fantastic. You follow follow Monsterland on your Spotify app, and uh, it comes up. Fantastic. Yep. Um, the, the poll I did was, because we're talking to MUFON's photo video analyst, uh, Monsters, what do you think is the most compelling footage image of a UFO, the Tic Tac or the Utah drone, or another one right in below, and uh, right now, government Tic Tac UFO footage is dominating in the poll. So get to our Facebook or our Twitter. You can participate in the poll. It'll be open until, well, as this airs on a Tuesday for the rest of the day. Um, Rich actually chimed in. He said, my only concern with the Tic Tac is I don't like the to the stars approach. Has elements of a raising GoFundMe money, et cetera, to develop technology if you have O's, but with an out as an entertainment business too. We only have speculated physics for how these machines work. There is no, as far as common knowledge, any known physical equations or proven theories to manipulate gravity or space-time. At least as far as I know, no unified field theory to control one element like magnetism, et cetera, to directly affect gravity. Ronnie, talk about that for a second, just the the To the Stars approach and your thoughts on To the Stars now some almost year into this thing, I think, right? Yeah, so To the Stars, people don't know, Tom DeLonge from Blink-182, Joined forces with some XDOD guys, some some pretty big names, and uh, basically bringing this education, this technology, what's kind of happening with UFOs to the masses. Uh, and there is a an aspect of it to where it is kind of labeled as an entertainment company. Yeah, that, and and they've kind of positioned it as a research, um, you know, kind of unit, um, and that they're going to start revealing footage in coordinates with. The U.S. government, yeah, and so, and he's starting to post different things uh, recently on Instagram. Tom DeLong, kind of mm. hinting that something else is coming soon, but a lot of people are kind of getting sick of it and just saying, you know, you're showing, posting videos or pictures of known hoaxes right. of UFOs. Uh, so why are you doing this? Uh, so this is starting to create this. Um, and he answered, no, 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 Time for this shit. It's all fucking shit. Hey, mom, go to my bed and we'll. I always like that band. They, they always kind of sound, they always talk baby talk, though. I remember, right? Everything was like baby talk. No, no, I'm going. I saw a UFO. <laughs> I don't know. I, I love the guy because I, I just think he's out there and he's he's trying to do the thing. You right. know what I mean? He's a little quirky. Yeah. And the entertainment thing was a little like... It's a t- it almost seems like an out, right? Yeah. Like, I, oh, sorry, that was well said by yeah. the Facebook poster, an out. But I, I just feel like it's such... <clears throat> an easily ridiculable thing, if that's a word, yeah. uh, to put yourself out there, hey, I'm going to seriously take this subject 
and I'm working with government officials, and we're going to treat this more serious than ever before in history, in human history. Let's dive into it. Oh, by the way, I'm making a TV show based on my comic book. It's like, right, oh. right. I think he should just pick one track or the other. By the way, mm. I say by the way a lot. I've had a coffee. Tony Arkin. <laughs> I've had a coffee. My friend Tony Arkin, uh, who I just mentioned, he had a great, oh, great phrase that I want to steal that you and I should use all the time. Okay. I said to him, we were just talking about Marshallin in general, and he's now a fan of the podcast. And awesome. he goes, boy, it's coming at us left and right. I said, it's everywhere now. This whole parent, when you and I first started talking about this, Tony, years and years ago, it was like, you're in the fringes. We've had that conversation before. Mm-hmm. Now it's everywhere. And Tony goes, well, I mean, th- they, whoever they is, uh, they've decided to decriminalize being interested in this stuff. And I was wow. like, wow. Yeah. That is so well said. Yeah. You are way less likely to be mocked at a party now. If you bring this stuff up, if you, if you, 10 years ago, 15 years oh. ago, you mentioned this at a party, you're alone in the bathroom or in the kitchenette right. with other dudes quoting Spinal Tap. That got too personal too quick. <laughs> that all escalated the hot, quickly. Yeah. All the hot people are in the living room, you're alone in the kitchenette talking UFOs to your three lame buddies. <laughs> if you do it now... I bet six or seven people at that party are going to go like, oh, dude, yeah, I'm totally into that. I totally believe. Or this is interesting. I saw this video the government put out or something. It's, it's becoming, as Tony said, decriminalized. I love that. That's awesome. Great way to say it. <clears throat> um, let's see. We want your stories. Keep them coming. We want to hear from you. We want you to provide most of the, of the content of this show with your actual Monsterland stories and tales, hauntings, UFO encounters, Paranormal, high strangest, whatever you got, send it to us at monsterlandreport at gmail.com. Monsterlandreport at gmail.com. And of course, all our social medias that Ronnie just told you about. Uh, and this comes out on a Tuesday. If you happen to be listening to this on the Tuesday, it's released, which my sources tell me is the 19th of February. 2019, you always have to even qualify the year because someone could be listening to this True. in five years from now, right. which is a mind melt, which is weird. I could be dead. Right now. What the hell? Yeah, people I, are listening to this in the future, This Maddie. just got yes. real dark. I yeah. could have passed away, <laughs> and you're listening to my disembodied Why? voice. Absolutely. Yeah. We could all it's, be dead. It's true. Why are you doing Wait, this? don't do this, because something weird is going to happen. I know. You know? So, uh, <laughs> tonight, as you listen to this... Uh, <laughs> If you are listening to it on the day it's released, February 19th, 2019, tonight at 9 p.m., uh, I'll be on History Channel, the one hour. The reason I bring it up, right. you know I'm loath to self-promote, Ronnie. Mm-hmm. <laughs> <laughs> but the reason I bring it up to Nizite is because uh, it's a paranormal special. Tonight's episode of Drilling Down on the History Channel is me doing paranormal investigations on Oak Island. And you've been wanting this to happen I've been wanting for this years since you started working. Because, look, I, people go, oh, d- you know, don't get paranormal on Oak Island. Some people say that, you know, like it's a treasure hunt. And, I, and I, I agree. It's not a paranormal show. But I'm not doing my job, which is to tell the Oak Island story, to bring the audience into the Oak Island story more. That's my only job is just to give more access, more information, you know, tell the story to the fans yeah. who, who love it. And hopefully introduce it to a few f- people who didn't know about it. And I'm not doing that job unless you tell the parts of the story that are unexplainable. There are strange things that go on on Oak Island. Whether you believe in them or not, 
even the most ardent skeptics have stepped on that island and had experiences right. that they can't explain. And a lot of those stories get omitted because they're too crazy, yeah. right? And, that, and I think you don't it want helps them, with the... Absolutely. You don't want to... Mm. Yeah, you don't, it's, you, you don't necessarily want it to become a paranormal show because and, and, uh, it's not at its core. And, but that it's stuff part of the down. story. Yeah. Um, the whole island is shrouded in mystery, both tangible and ethereal, both what's in the ground literally and then what's going on that we can't see because right. those people claim weird things. And the more, I'll tell, you, I'll tell you what, this one hour special, I hate to say this, it doesn't even scratch the surface. Really, because the more I've got into this, the paranormal aspects of Oak Island, the more stories I get. Oh, they'll um, unravel oh like a freaking onion. Dan Blankenship, <clears throat> Dave's father has one. It just people you don't expect, the most practical, grounded people who think the curse is nonsense and all that. Then the next breath, they're like, "Well, I did have this thing where I heard a voice and it told me, like, what? <laughs> you know what I mean? Yeah. So I, you have to include that at some point." Right. And we also delve into the curse itself. Is there a curse? What does it mean? Where'd it come from? We try to find that answer. Mm. So check it out. And if you're listening to it after February 19th, then um, it's on demand. Just go drilling down. Uh, Chris will come. Maddie Blake, you'll find it. All right. So let's get into our guest. Enough jibber jabber. Here's Mark D'Antonio, MUFON's go-to guy. Mark D'Antonio, thank you for stepping into Monsterland. You know, I don't know what to expect, so <laughs> it's a little bit scary. <laughs> <laughs> well, don't be thrown by the title. It's uh, everyone has a good time in Monsterland. Awesome. Um, so, Mark, for for lay people out there, could you could you talk a little bit of first uh, about what MUFON is? Sure, MUFON stands for the Mutual UFO Network. It used to it used to stand for the Midwest UFO Network, and then it became the Mutual UFO Network on later years and. MUFON is an organization that has a charter, a corporate charter, that, that states that we investigate UFOs scientifically for the benefit of humanity. It's, it, the, the proper way it said is it's a scientific investigation of UFOs for the benefit of humanity. And so MUFON you know, has tens of thousands of cases in our uh, case management system. It's an online database that's intelligent and, uh, you know, takes the information that you provide when you create a case and, and put in a sighting. I get to see all the sightings that have evidence with them uh, as MUFON's chief photo and video analyst. So I'm, I'm, I'm that lucky guy. That's incredible. So what's the process, um, <clears throat> Mark? Like, so they get videos or, or, or photo submitted to them, then they submit it to you, and how long, you know, walk me through that process. Do you spend a certain amount of time with it? Do you file a report at that point back to them? How does that work? What I do is basically they, they each field investigator, I've trained a lot of the field investigators in, in field, uh, you know, analysis of their imagery. So some of the basic stuff, uh, they don't even need to contact me anymore with, like, it's a bird. Okay, well, there's a lot of ways a bird looks on film when it's caught you know, in an extraordinary manner, you know, but it's an ordinary object. Mm. So once they get used to how the ordinary looks extraordinary, they can pick it out themselves. And that's what I do. I teach them that. That's at the national symposia. And then um, they, uh, the uh, cases they don't understand, I'll get uh, the video or the photos if there is even that evidence. And then um, I can analyze it. And I don't just do it in a vacuum. I, I have other friends that I bounce these things off of too that aren't even in MUFON, but I just bounce my thoughts off uh, friends I have to see what they think uh, as well. Because I know that 
you know, no one person has all the right answers. And I sometimes benefit from a different perspective. You know, and it's not, um, it's not beneath me to ask someone who isn't a photo analyst what they think of this odd piece of footage, you know, because hmm. uh, sometimes they say things that I just didn't think of. Uh, and, and so with that, that's, that's how I've learned over the years, too. Uh, so once I analyze the footage, I will actually write up an analysis. The analysis is fairly formal. It's, it's, it's going to be online. It's in each case uh, where there's a physical analysis uh, you know, of, of uh, footage or whatever. And uh, I'll explain what I think it is. I don't say this was a blah, blah, blah. I don't, I don't say it specifically because I'm, I'm a science guy, so I'm open-minded enough and I know enough to know that you can't make those flippant pronouncements. You've got to really understand that you could be seeing something outside of your understanding and mistaking it for you know, an ordinary thing, possibly. That's always in the back of my mind. So I always try to make sure that my analysis will withstand uh, the scrutiny of anybody else. And, and the fact is, I'd be remiss if I didn't say, yes, that's odd footage, but it could also be this ordinary object because this ordinary object does the same thing when captured this way. So there, now my job is done. I don't tell them, no, you didn't photograph an alien spaceship. You photographed a, a bird flying at the camera or you photographed an insect very close to the camera. You know, yeah. I don't say that. I say, well, it could be an insect, you know. So in other words, you get the point. I'm not, yeah. you know, we don't make pronouncements about what things are. We offer suggestions saying, well, that's interesting, but it could also be this based on our experience. And Mark, what what what, what is your background in terms of when you look at a piece of video or a photo, what are you looking at? What part of your training are you using? Like what is your street cred to be able to do this, if you will, your expertise? That's that's actually the fairest question, you know, ever. I mean, <laughs> okay, well, I have a degree in astronomy. Okay, so the night sky is something that's not unknown to me at all. Um, and I've been doing photography and astronomy. I've worked in uh, parallax programs in large national observatories. I've worked uh, with uh, PhD folks that are actually, you know, tied into heavy-duty programs. And uh, I've studied stars speeding out of our galaxy. In fact, I wrote theses on those. Uh, so, um, so that's the educational background. As far as the other, um, I've been taking photographs ever since I had a camera, and my first camera was one that I made. Wow. <laughs> I, built, I built a camera. Jeez. You know, it was, a, it was a pinhole camera, and I wanted to use it to take a picture of the sun and then the moon. Um, so, and that caught, I mean, my work has caught the attention of a bunch of shows since I've you know, been on. Uh, I don't know if you guys saw the bio. That I had someone wrote a bio for me after talking to me on a show, and and I, and I was like, it's really embarrassing because, you know, my bio used to be like one little line, you know, has mm. a degree in astronomy, yay. <laughs> <laughs> well, now <laughs> the bio, you know, has increased to be almost a full page and a half, uh, with you know, TV industry, UFO industry, astronomy, science, you know, um. And I read it and think, that that's not me. <laughs> I love it. I'm that's looking at it right now. It's impressive, Mark. It is impressive. Well, no, I mean, it's got to be, I look at it and say, that's got to be embellished. That can't be me. <laughs> and then I read each line, because I'm a stickler. And I, I'm, I, don't, you know, I don't have an ego here, you know. So I look at the stuff and go, wow, it's, it's, it's kind of embarrassing. You know, it makes me look like I'm bragging or something, you know. Uh, and, and, you know, 
and I, I get it. You know, that's a, that's a necessary evil in the business. You got to be able to tell people what you've done. But you know, when I listen to people introduce me in my talk, sometimes the introduction seems longer than my talk. Yeah, Mark, you don't want to over self promote. <laughs> <sighs> Maddie does it all the time. <laughs> I do it all the time, Mark. You know what? In it's it's sort of a an, a truism. You know, publish by whichever means necessary or perish. <laughs> yeah, yeah, you got to get it out there. Mark, talk yeah. about your encounter. You you mentioned um, you do a lot of work with the Navy still, contract yeah. work. A lot of a lot of this is is uh, top secret. But there was a uh, an encounter that you kind of witnessed with a radar operator. Could you talk a little bit about that? Oh, sonar, yeah, no, yeah, <clears throat> yeah. This the UK Sun picked this story up when uh, I was doing a talk at Devil's Tower. Uh, the good people at Devil's Tower UFO Rendezvous. Hopefully, they're going to do a third conference. The second one was a success. The first one was a success. Um, and uh, they picked up the story and published it all over the place. Uh, and, you know, the UK Sun has thought it was a tabloid, but, you know, Emma Perry, the reporter, to her credit, you know, I told her, well, don't don't mention this part here and don't mention that part there. And she didn't. I mean, she was very, very good about it. And I was very uh, uh, complimentary and still am to her work for the UK Sun. Well, anyway, here's, here's what happened. Uh, I was uh, doing work for the Navy, um, you know, many, many decades ago. And um, they said, you know, um, part of my work would, uh, you know, would uh, be fleshed out better if I went for a ride on a sub. You know, and they said, it'll be a kind of a thank you for the stuff you've done if you want to go for a ride. And I go, oh, yes, mm-hmm. I do. Who doesn't want to ride in a completely enclosed sewer pipe with end caps? <laughs> I was trying to get over my seasickness, and I was sitting over in what we call the sonar shack on the boat. And it's a consoles along the side of the control room. And I was sitting at an unoccupied console because the kid running the sonar next to me said I could. Um, and um, I was kind of dozing off a little bit because I was trying to get out of my seasickness. And... The thing is, on a submarine, uh, it's actually quite noisy. Huh. You know, people think it's the quietest thing on, on the, in the ocean. It is from the outside, but inside you're hearing vibrations. You feel vibrations in your feet. You know, you hear people talking. I mean, you get over 135 guys in that boat, uh, you know, and within, within earshot, you've always got about 10 or 12 of them. You know, so basically there's always conversations going on and they have to talk loud to give confirmation orders like you know they might say okay load tube one you know and the other guy will then say oh load, load tube one i sir you know and then they repeat the commands back to them so it's like this little dance goes back and forth well practiced um so what i found was that uh by sitting over in this little side area uh all i had was like some white noise that i could hear <clears throat> kind of like the hiss of high pressure air uh and i was sitting next to a vent and there was there was cold air you know, coming out on me, and I, I liked that. I felt good. So I sat there, and I was just starting to, like, get into that la, 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 la state where you're <laughs> kind of dozing off, nodding off. And I knew I was, and I was kind of enjoying it because I wasn't sick. I, I felt good at that point because uh, my body was sort of disconnected. Right. And all of a sudden, I got jolted awake when the kid said, consonar, consonar, fast mover, fast mover. And I'm thinking, oh, no, what the heck? I'm going to get hit by a torpedo out here? I'm going to get hit by a torpedo and it's C- I'm seasick. This, this, this sucks. 
And what a way to go. I thought fast mover was a torpedo. <laughs> yeah, it and sounds guy, like it. The, the extra, yeah, the executive officer came around the, uh, the, the, the console almost immediately and said, what is it? What do you have? And I couldn't hear everything he was saying, but uh, apparently it was a very quick contact. It was there and it was gone. Um, and he said that, you know, he, he estimated the speed. This part I heard at several hundred knots of this thing. Huh. Several hundred knots. And underwater. it's like, what? <clears throat> underwater? Yeah. It wasn't an aircraft. Okay. It was definitely an underwater contact, you know, and they would never mistake an aircraft for an underwater contact and vice versa, you know. So it was actually uh, really interesting. So I ended up, uh, I ended up, uh, listening into that you know I had my butt on the very corner of the seat because they're locked down to the floor you know so yeah you, how do you you have to scooch over and sit right in the very corner of a chair and look like it's a natural pose so you can listen in on a conversation right 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 <laughs> so i'm sitting there like in this awkward position you know saying to myself hello there hi yes hi i'm, I'm something i do every day I sit right in the very corner of my butt, you know. <laughs> um, the slightest jostle and fall right down, you know. Well, anyway, um, they uh, uh, the kid said, uh, you know, to the executive officer, I don't know, what do I do with this? You know, and maybe the kid was new, I have no idea, but the executive officer said, uh, he said, log it and dog it. And he said, sir, yes, sir, whatever he said, and then the executive officer walked away. And I got up thinking, hey, I know what this might be. This looked like me. maybe this is a USO, huh. an unknown submerged object. So I walked up to the XO, Mr. Big Shot here, because, hey, I'm important. I was invited to ride in a submarine. Yeah. <laughs> I was important. So I said to the guy, I said, XO, I know what these fast movers are, I think. Is there any way I can help you? He looks at me and he smiles. He puts his hand on my shoulder and he says, Mr. D'Antonio, are you having a good trip? I said, yes, sir, I am. Let's keep it that way. Wow. Uh, and he walks away. So a few years later, <clears throat> I actually had to do a job for the Joint Chiefs. Yeah, and you know the Joint Chiefs; those are big mm. wigs. They work for the president, you know. So I did a I did a job for them, and I delivered it to one particular uh, Joint Chiefs house uh, in uh, Maryland. And uh, when his wife was making lemonade in the kitchen, I leaned over and I said, "Can you tell me anything about this fast mover program?" And he looked at me and he smiled and he said, "You know, Mark, I." I can't talk about that program. I'm sorry. And that's all I needed to hear. Revealed his you know? So, so that, that, that to you was, A, it exists, right? And B, he's not going to tell you anything about it. Yeah, well, yeah, yeah, the former. The former was the most important thing. Yeah, right, right. Confirming. A, it exists. I don't care if after that he says, I like fudge. I yeah, right, right. Now, <laughs> and, and I take it, log it and dog it would mean uh, make note of it and then file it away. Is that what they meant by that? That's what I believe, I think. Um, and, you know, there's people that wow. say that you know, such a program never existed and all that stuff. Well, guess what? Okay, they, they know these things by different names. Okay, they might I talked to, talk to a submariner in, in particular who knows of them. And he said, yeah, we call them jellyfish. Huh. Hmm. Yeah, we, we'd call them jellyfish, you know. So uh, I don't – so maybe the name of the program, the fast mover program it's was jellyfish. something – Known to higher levels, uh, maybe that was a slang term for them. Wow, uh, they were they were movers and they were fast. I mean, all right. So USOs is you know a whole other world on this whole thing. Um, 
of UFOs, yeah. Yeah, and and some of those stories, even going back to you know World War II, I've heard incredible stories from veterans in World War II who claim to have actually one guy, I remember, I forget where I saw this video, but he was talking about being, you know, dispatched out and actually went underwater and saw a craft that was, you know, almost an organism. He described it as a living organism underwater and all this. Um, but yeah. back to what you've seen, Mark, in your efforts, whether it be USO or traditional UFO, in all the video and all the photos, and I guess this might be the million dollar question I should have saved for last, but... Have you seen what you would call a smoking gun? You know, uh, no, I haven't. Um, hmm. And I'll be honest with you that that doesn't deter me. Uh, I'll tell you why because I'm looking at people's videos they take with cell phones, and where they're startled, they see something, they take a video with whatever they have. It's one piece of data, a video, hmm. and usually they're shaking and talking, and the camera's bouncing all over. Um, and I, I've got to do one. I got to stabilize the video first before I can do anything else to see what it is I'm looking at. And right. usually the resolution of the camera is not that good when they send you the file. Uh, it's it stepped down in resolution many times. So, you know, that you got to go through that with them too and get the right high resolution. Uh, but that's why, see, that's why um, I started doing this other project with Doug Trumbull. Um, because I was doing an NPR show, um, and it was on the X-Files, mm. um, you know, the real X-Files. And on that particular NPR show, the host, as he was walking me out after the show, he said, you know what? I got to get you on next time with Doug Trumbull. Doug Trumbull, I thought. Mm. He's he's a Academy Award-winning visual effects maven. He did the Close Encounters special effects. He did Blade Runner with Harrison Ford. He did... Uh, uh, 2001 A Space Odyssey right. he did Brainstorm he did Star Trek the, the motion picture he did uh, Silent Running with Bruce Dern and so on and so forth the man is a genius his special effects and visual effects actually were what I modeled my own visual effects company after mm. and he said I've got to get you on with him I was like why? And I started to shake because I was like Doug Trumpet hearing the name made me shake you know and he says well because he's a UFO hunter like you I was stunned and stopped wow. in my track. Wow. I, I, yeah. I went home. I wrote Doug an email. And it said, I found out that you're hunting UFOs. This is my name. This is what I do. And I didn't even tell him my website. I was so taken aback. I just told him I work for MUFON. I do the MUFON you know, chief photo video analyst job, blah, blah, blah. And um, about half an hour later, I get a two-page email back from Doug. Hmm. And he says, I went to your website. It's excellent in every respect. Your visual effects work is something we could use right now up here because we're doing a commercial and I could use you right now. <laughs> I was like, <Wow>. what? <clears throat> I was like, you're kidding me. So I'm thinking, not only am I going to be able to meet the guy, I'm going to work for the guy. Wow. He, um, you know, he came up with this concept called UFOTOG, U-F-O-T-O-G, um, many years ago. And it was a Humvee. And the top of the Humvee would open up and then this rising a pedestal with five or six different telescopes and sensors and instruments on it, uh, weighs about 500 pounds, would come out of the uh, Humvee and could spin around in one second. You know, I mean, a massive uh, turret, basically. Mm. Looked like a death car, okay? Right. Um, but it was a, basically a science acquisition vehicle, right? So uh, 
Doug called it UFOTOG. He said this will track anomalous stuff in the sky, and then you can use sensors of different types to track the same sighting many different ways. And uh, when, I, when we finally got a chance to talk UFOs, I said, Doug, nowadays, why don't we just micro-miniaturize this thing? Make them into little dinner plate-sized platters. And then you know, stamp them out like jelly beans. And have everybody buy them. And whenever they catch data, the people that buy them or, or institute them or use them or rent them or, or, or we give them to uh, can see the data. And the data is sent up to the cloud and we get it too. And then we can actually start you know, seeing this real data. And we can figure out ways to exclude things like airplanes because they have transponders. If we have a transponder decoder, then you can hear that mm. it's an airplane squawking some frequency. So you say, oh, it's an airplane. Ignore it. Right. It's brilliant. It's brilliant. Or if you have access to the satellite database, you can say, oh, we can just ignore that because that's just a, a regular uh, iridium flasher satellite predicted to, to a flash right at this point, uh, for instance. So, you know, um, but the idea is this, you know, if you see an object move across the sky and you have a cell phone and you say, oh, look, something in the sky and you, you, you're taking a video of it and it might be faint because it's only a cell phone. Right. But then all of a sudden it winks out. You say, oh, well, I don't know what it was, but it's gone. In the visual spectrum, what you can see with your eye, that's what you see. However, what if in the other spectrum, the rest of the spectrum you don't see, the spectrum that has the infrared, you know, far beyond the red, the ultraviolet, far beyond the blue, at the other end? Your eyes don't see that. The camera you, you used with the iPhone and, the, and, and these uh, Samsungs and, the, and Android phones don't see it, okay? They see a little, but not, not a lot. Okay, but what if the, in the IR there's a spike? Or what if, what if when it winks out, you see a burst of gamma rays, mm. low-level gamma rays coming from this thing? Uh, we have a gamma ray detector too. You know? And what if uh, the magnetic field changes slightly at some point? Or what if the gravitational field changes locally because this thing does whatever it does? See, all these sensors are involved. What if the spectra of the thing changes what if the spectrum shows something crazy happening okay the idea is this multiple ways to see the same sighting all from one set of eyes that are electronic and unbiased you know and that's i think where ufology has to go and so i always say you know i've said this for years we're looking for the skid marks of an advanced civilization using advanced technology brilliant I mean, that's, that's, so we, we you know, that's exactly land. what this field needs. Is Yeah, we need some monster land. What's the, <laughs> yeah, what's the going rate for one of these things? <laughs> Can we get you one? Guys, you guys need one of our infrared drones. Seriously? Yes, we do. Yeah, we do. Um, David, I know I, Ronnie sent you a video. Like, I, I think this would be interesting exercise is like, let's actually take something that's new in the news, a piece of quote-unquote UFO video and yeah. get your thoughts on it. Ronnie, what was it? Yeah, Mark, I sent you that um, the video that came out a few weeks ago about the Utah UFO. Oh, I, I analyzed that one. Yeah, what, what's, I'd love to hear your feedback on that because for me, when yeah. I saw it, it blew me away. Yeah, I mean, it looked like it was something passing really fast. Um, the guy that did the analysis, though, unfortunately, really nice guy, I talked to him, uh, but I think he made a few fundamental errors and assumptions. So it wasn't going behind the ridge, which is my contention. And I say that it was a lot closer to the drone than they thought and a lot smaller. And it turned at one point. It was going left to right in a slight dive. And then it turns and right. charges the drone. Yeah. Okay. Well, when it turns, that's the point at which I think I've identified it. Because mm -hmm. as it turns, you can see that it has wings. 
and the wings flex in the turn exactly the same way that a falcon's wings flex when it does those abrupt turns, those high G maneuvers that are what they do when they see a threat in their territory. I think it was a false charge, a bluff charge at the drone uh, by wow. a falcon. All right. What, what about the naked eye test? And what I mean by that is just the pure speed that this thing is going in the video. We're watching it now as we talk to you. Like, could there be some sort of, you know, because of the way the drone's moving and the way that thing's moving, that it looks almost superhuman speed? Because looking yeah. at it now, it doesn't look like a bird could ever move that fast, right. but that could be a trick of the way it's being shot. You know what I mean? No. But it can also be the, the the fact that it's coming directly toward the drone or, or very close to the drone. Right. Okay. And when it's coming toward the drone, it's going to look like it's approaching and then pass very fast. That's you know? so fast, uh, though. It's so fast. Right? <laughs> it's no, but it's, it's really not. All right. Really You're the not. expert. <laughs> and I was going to argue with you, but then we, I we... don't mind. I, I'm not, I don't, I'm not, I'm not, I'm not saying that you're, you're arguing with me. I'm actually saying that you're asking good questions. I don't think that's a problem. Uh, and cause I have answers for those. You know, right. I, I think that, you know, I think that the speed that we see is the result of the camera focal length. Mm -hmm. Okay. And it's the result of the fact that the drone is moving forward toward this object. Mm -hmm. The object's mm -hmm. moving toward the drone at an unknown speed. Okay, mm -hmm. um, and it was something that was much closer, I believe, uh, than that long distance ridge. Got it. And when I looked at the, the Falcon, is about fourteen inches long, um, and with a wingspan of about twenty-two uh, inches or so. Um, and this is really consistent. It's the it's the right color. Yeah. It's the right uh, shape in the terminal moment. You can actually kind of detect the shape. I was just saying that when we paused it. You could see I was, kind of the, the... You almost see the kind of wing bird shape. Yeah, I had never noticed that before. Well, that's the thing. That, that, that's what you hear a lot. I'd never noticed that before. Yeah. I'm just saying... I'm not saying this is a falcon for sure. I'm saying this could be a falcon based on what we observe. And yes. if, you stop, if you stop this video, you stop the video right at the point where it does that aspect ratio change. That is, it turns toward the drone. Yep. As it starts to make that turn, slow that down. If you can scrub through that we're part of the We're doing it right video, now. Yep, we're doing it right watch now. Watch how the wingtips will flex in the high G turn. Wow. Do yeah, now it? it looks like Jonathan Living Livingston Seagull to me. <laughs> you know, but, but do you see what I'm saying? Yeah, I, I do. It, uh, damn it. And, and I damn it. <laughs> I, want, I, I wanted this to be a damn UFO, guy. Yeah, I got you. I got you. That's, uh, that, well, that is a great... I'm so glad we yeah. did that because that is a great real life, real time example of how someone like me can get super carried away. Super me too. Quick. I was like super excited and, when I well, saw and it. I still have I still it's going so freaking right, fast. I still have my uh, <laughs> doubts, but but boy, Mark, you make a great case, and it really gives me a lot of pause. Um, no, I am sorry. No, it's good. <laughs> it's good because listen, it's it's just like I say. Marty and Rick taught me on the island, like. It hurt, friends of mine, Mark. I'm the, don't worry about it, just a TV show I host. But uh, <laughs> <laughs> um, they they taught me goes. like I always jump to. I get excited about this stuff, and and because I want it to be real, and you know it does no one any favors if we jump to conclusions. It it kind of it can hurt the whole field. Uh, I, so, I, I say that often, actually. Uh, and and the fact is, you know, if, if I don't do my diligence then I'm doing a disservice to everybody who follows me. Mm. 
I'm not trying to debunk anything. Mm. I've had experiences I cannot explain. Okay. I had an implant in my head that was taken out by a, a doctor at Harvard Hospital. Whoa, get, whoa, Hold whoa, whoa, on. Whoa, whoa. Wait. Whoa. Marky. <laughs> what? Oh, yeah, we buried the lead here, Mark. Jesus. Wow. I was going to ask him, too, like, yeah. do you have any... Uh, he reminds me of Dr. Alan Hynek, in a way. Yes. He's using scientific methods to try to figure this stuff out. Absolutely. And I was going to ask, like him, have you had any sort of high strangeness or weirdness around this in your journey? And it sounds like you have. How did you I, find I have, that implant? You know, as some of my, uh, my, my kids have actually had this, too. And, you know, and uh, basically, if, if, I, if I find a small gray alien, I'm going to wring its freaking neck. <laughs> wow. Okay? And I'll tell you, because, you know, it... Um, there was an intrusion uh, in my old house. I had to move out of the house because of this. Come on. Uh, literally bought a new house, uh, you know, within uh, months of this incident. And what happened was uh, I was sleeping. It was just fine. Got up in bed. Uh, my wife, of course, was there. And I heard this knocking on the uh, on the roof. And it was bump, 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 like a series of three knocks. It was rhythmic. And the first night I woke up, you know, and the house was a vinyl-sided house. I thought, man, that's one, that's one weird uh, woodpecker, man. You know, it's, it's vinyl, dude. It's vinyl. There's nothing there. You can't peck through that. Okay. Uh, so the second night, I'm awakened again, two, three in the morning. I look at the clock. It's two thirty in the morning. What the heck? Summer night. Beautiful windows open. And the window had a screen. And I pressed my face against the screen, trying to look up and see if there's something out there, like a bird. Now, it was too awkward to try and open the screen because I'd have to move the dogs. Uh, so I just leaned over, put my hand on the ledge of the window and tried to press my face against the screen. As I did that, all of a sudden, I had this flash of white light in my eyes. Whoa. It was like blinding. And I was like, whoa, what happened? And I thought it was like a medical event. I thought I was having a stroke or something. Well, then the third night, um, uh, I awake again. And I'm, I awake and I open my eyes and I'm thinking, oh, here we go again. And it's something in the room with me. Mm -mm. And I thought, is that my wife getting up to go to the bathroom? But no, because this thing now is approaching me and I'm in the bed. What? But it's walking toward me like the bed isn't there. And as it approaches, I'm thinking, okay, I must be in one of these hypnopompic states. You know, the hypnagogic location in your mind is one where you can actually control your dreams and you can also be well aware uh, that you're sleeping and you could manipulate this. This is just a dream. So I'm talking away the dream and it's not going away. In fact, it's being overridden in the harshest way. Uh, this thing comes close to me. I see what looks like a, a, a grayish hand, oh kind of wrinkly, God. and it's holding this white translucent wand, maybe about eight, nine inches long. Whoa. And it's moving it back and forth in front of my nose. Okay. And I can't look at it because it's, it's right in front of me. But I can't look down. I can't even move my eyes down. My eyes are fixed forward. I can't even move my eyes. That, I, I was totally out of control. There was nothing. I wasn't connected to the body. I didn't know what to make of that. And, and as it's moving this little thing back and forth in front of my nose, uh, the next thing is, pow, it's morning. And I can't breathe. And I, I, I'm sleeping. I'm on my belly. And I push off the pillow. And the pillow is saturated with blood. Oh. I mean, ah. a, not a spot saturated okay it's like it was a puddle that dried okay and it was really saturated um and i said to my wife look what happened look at this oh wow you had a nosebleed of some kind yeah no no this was weird i had this happen 
wow, well, you should get that checked, you know, but uh, you're still nuts. <laughs> so um, I, from that point forward, my left sinus was totally blocked. I couldn't breathe out of it. Now, don't ask me why it took two full years to go to an ear, nose, and throat surgeon, but it did. And I went in the office, and he looked up there, and he goes, wow, he says, you've got something huge up there. And I said, well, is that blocking my ability to breathe? He goes, you betcha. He says, I think we can get that out. So we scheduled the procedure to get it out. Uh, and I was awake for that. Oh my God. And he pulled it out. And when he pulled it out, it was, it was this object that was the size of two of your thumbs stacked together. What? And it came out through that little hole called a nostril back. And, and about a week later, I called. Hey, they called. This is the, okay. The doctor's office said, hi, this is Mark D'Antonio. Oh, yes, yes, yes. Hold on. Doctor needs to talk to you. Like, oh, great. It was malignant. I got like head cancer or something like that, you know? Um, and so he gets on the phone. Hey, Mr. D'Antonio, I just want to let you know uh, that there's nothing, things probably benign, nothing to worry about. Okay. I went, well, wait a minute. I mean, probably you, you didn't get the pathology report yet. Am I calling too early? And he paused. He goes, well, not exactly. And then he said these words. I've been doing this for probably, oh, 40 years at least, he goes. And this is the first time it's ever happened in my office. But we sent it to pathology, and pathology can't find it. Now we go, now we go. Oh, my God. <laughs> yeah. And I'm like, oh, man. We kept you too long. Thank you so much. We could, we could do 10 more shows with you, and maybe <laughs> we will. You're awesome. Uh, where can people find you? Plug what you need to plug, and, and we'll let you go. Yeah, sure. I'm on. Uh, you can find me on uh, Sky Tour live stream with Mark D'Antonio on YouTube. Join and come out and look at the deep sky like never before, uh, in seconds, not minutes. Um, uh, you can find me at Mufon Mutual UFO Network as a chief photo and video analyst. You can submit photos and videos to them, and they can give them to me. You can find me on Sunday nights from eight in the evening until ten p.m. on Sky Tour Radio. It's an astronomy show where we talk about the science of the universe. Uh, and we don't forget about the fact that there could be alien life out there. In fact, we incorporate it into our astronomy. So uh, those are three places, and my website is fxmodels.com, where you can find all kinds of wonderful 3D-printed craters and things that we produce from NASA data specifically uh, that people can pick up from Pluto, from the moon, from Mars. Oh, it's just wonderful stuff. Oh. But there, that's it. Love it. Mark, you're on our <clears throat> radar now, so we will be tuning in. Thank you, the great Mark D'Antonio. Can't thank you enough for your time and your honesty, brother. Appreciate it. Oh, thanks a lot, man. Thank, thank you, Mark. Hope you had fun. Uh, another f***ing pickup. Goddamn. Oh, shit, we're recording. Want to go deeper into the mystery? Get the book Monsterland, Encounters with UFOs, Bigfoot, and Orange Orbs by Ronnie LeBlanc. Available now on Amazon, Barnes & Noble, and everywhere fine books are sold. Wow, that went in a direction I did not expect. Uh, uh, Mark D'Antonio, MUFON's go-to guy for video analyzing and photo analyzing. Uh, obviously, like, a skeptic, a scientific skeptic in a sense, right. in the but, true sense of the word. Yeah. But then he tells us he had an implant experience. Yeah. So what the <laughs> fuck is going on? <laughs> I don't know what's going on uh, anymore. I mean, that is nuts. That is nuts in the sense that you know, it, it explains why someone like Mark is in this line of work because yes. there is a personal kind of connection to something that's been going on. Yes. And I'm sure, you know, like he talked about, you know, this happened to him and then also his daughter, you know, like, yes. And I'm sure if we 
kind of, he looks back something with his parents too, because this is generational. And dude, a, a guy with that, he is no dummy. No, no, no. He is a scientist. One of the smartest guys I know. Brilliant. Yeah. Brilliant. And a brilliant guy like that who would tell you that that video might be a bird, okay, then tells you in the next breath that he had a potential abduction implant. To me, that gives the implant story so much more weight. Because mm. if he came on the show and said, oh my God, that Utah thing was awesome. It's totally a UFO and I'm a right. scientist. I know that's a UFO. It couldn't be anything else. I kind of want that in one hand. Sure. But on the other hand, I'm glad he's not like that. Because then when he says in the next breath, I might have been abducted, it gives it so much more credibility. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. And I didn't know that, that particular story in no. the fact that he talks about you know, the doctor and the work that he did, there's no coincidence that that was his doctor. You know what I mean? Like, no way. There's, there's... <laughs> okay, but now I'm freaking out, Ronnie, because I was listening back to an old episode and we were talking about our UFO experience. Oh, yes. We've talked about a few times. Mm -hmm. Here's where I'm freaking out. Oh, boy. <laughs> the Flash? <laughs> What's the one fucking thing that everybody who potentially is abducted sees? That white flash. Some sort of white flash and they lose time. Now, here's yep. the thing. I went back and listened to our abduction thing. Our UFO experience. <laughs> you saw a white flash. And I'm I didn't. Yep. Now, but let's now look. <laughs> oh, I haven't great. talked to you about this before this. Right now. Look me in the eye. You tell me that we both didn't feel weird after that experience, that we were both kind of in a haze. Oh, totally. And walk, you decided to go home. You were supposed to sleep over. Right. And we were like barely not even talking English. Because we never would have went outside if I didn't. I wasn't leaving. Right. And and we're like, you go home now. I'm like, dude, go home. We saw UFO. <laughs> we couldn't even function. And then I didn't even tell my wife and kid about it. I was it. just going to bring that up. We both didn't say anything till that night, the following night. I d didn't remember I didn't it. I didn't like, whatever. And then it was like, Holy how was last night? But I didn't see the flash. You did. Right. So you're saying I got abducted. Yep. Great. Yep. I bet you fucking did. And I don't, I, and I sat right in that driveway like this. And time probably stopped for 30 seconds, but in their time, it's like two days you were up there. <laughs> Shit. And then they beamed you back. Oh, my God. I, I, my heart is pounding right now because I... I and you know what's crazy? I've there had was a flash. Two different people. <laughs> John Wilk was one of our guests. Yes, yes. And I forget who the other one was. Two different people said they had dreams of me out with them in the woods, and a, a light comes down, and I disappear. I had two... Two separate people what? tell me they had dreams of me <laughs> And I told you I had the dream when I was but a no, kid. But it no, do it doesn't scare me. I don't, I, it, it does scares not the scare shit me. out of me. And maybe that's why they didn't take me. Maybe they took you and not me. But I'm just saying, all I'm saying is there was a flash in our oh. story, which is everybody has some form of a white flash. My eyes responded to the God flash too, because I was like, it. dude, did you just see that? Like, it was like, boom. I told you when, when I, I had a dream when I was a kid of being under glass with my cousin yes. at the beach I grew up going yes. to. I, all right, I don't even want to. All right, let's just open a case, Fox. Now I'm freaking myself out. You are listening to the Monsterland Podcast with Ronnie LeBlanc and Maddie Blake. Now let's open another Monsterland case file. Ronnie, what do we got in the Monsterland files? Okay, so as most of our monsters will remember, Jeff Meyer who is from Lemister, went out hiking by himself, looking for Bigfoot, just kind of on his own, and had the experience with the green orb that changes to orange, and he yes. has missing time. Okay, so he sends me a video uh, this past weekend from his dad. His dad lives in Lemister, and he had a security camera on the backyard of the house pointing towards this brook. And in the video, there are two white, orb-looking lights. They seem to be stationary 
almost like above where this brook is. Yeah. Uh, and you see one on the left blink out, come back on, blink out. And when it does, closer to the camera, to the left, a white orb shoots from the ground straight up into the air. Now, Jeff said that his dad is such a skeptic. And he said, uh, he goes, I was really shocked that he sent me this video. And so I went and kind of tried to reenact where those lights would be. And he goes, you would have to be right smack dab in the water. Now, we're in the middle of February here, right? Yeah. There's no friggin' bugs out no. at 20 degrees. There's no, no. fireflies. No. And he was like, Roddy, I, you know, this doesn't make any sense. And I said, you know what? Have your dad read the book. Have, have him read Monsterland. He goes, Ronnie, he did. <laughs> he loved it. I go, that's probably why he's seeing shit is because he read And this <laughs> happened in Monsterland, basically? Yes. Like in yes. the Lemister area? Yes. So he oh, is trying God. to reenact, like, they're going to watch, have that camera, which I guess is not normally pointed towards the backyard in sure. that vicinity. Sure. Uh, it's normally pointed somewhere else. So he's going to try to analyze it, and they're going to keep it pointed that and see if those lights reappear. Do we have their permission to post that video on our yes. social media? All right. Yes. So if you're listening to this, go right now to at Monsterland Pod on Facebook, Twitter, Instagram, you will see the video that we're talking about. Decide for yourself. Um, oh, wait. Mark D'Antonio just texted me. He said it's a falcon. Oh, my God. Just Son of a bitch. Just All right, great. So we have another live-time, real-life Monsterland case file. Great job, Ronnie. Check out the video. Tell us what you think in the comments, and we will follow up with that story as well. How about a little Monster Mail? Now it's time for Monster Mail. All right, Ronnie, we got monster mail from all kinds of different sources. Our email, which again, Ronnie, is monsterlandreport at gmail.com. And tons of comments in our social media, like this one from Jeff. Went to library in town. Uh, this guy lives in Ashburnham, Mass. His name is Jeff. You can use a really nice telescope. So I took it home. Looked. Oh, does that mean he got the telescope from the library? Yeah, is that cool? You can cool? do that? Isn't that awesome? I'm freaking doing that. It's awesome, man. I'm doing that. All right. Took it home, looked, and unfortunately didn't see anything, but I will push on. Love the podcast. Going to check YouTube for Bedford, New Hampshire Orb. Thanks, Jeff. Keep looking at the skies, everybody. I'm going to go to my library and get a, a telescope. I'm not kidding. Uh, Kevin K. on social media. Episode 204, he says, best one yet. Still have chills. Great job, guys. What was 204? I believe that was... Episode 204, I think, was the husband and wife. Oh, Scott Varden. I think it's Scott Varden yeah. and his wife, I believe. Um, we can get some confirmation on that maybe from our fantastic producers. Um, Brooksy on, I believe this was... Brooksy. I believe this was Instagram. On special occasions, I use my at Monsterland pod pint glass <laughs> after scoring some at Wachusett Brewery, Nut Brown Ale, and Fast Eddie's Rot Gut Root Beer... The occasion is worthy. Cheers, Brooksy. He's toasting Monsterland with a Monsterland glass. We love that. Uh, we got to get a merch thing going on our social media. Yeah, we do. Let's see. Ken on Facebook commenting on last week's interview with the director of The Man Who Kid, H Killed Hitler and then The Bigfoot. Bob Kraskowski. Can't wait for this movie. They filmed some of this not far from my hometown. A friend of ours ran into Sam Elliott at a hotel lobby while they were filming in the Turner's Falls area. She said he was a super nice guy. Indeed. Tell us what you think. We had almost a, um, 
movie review podcast last week. We mentioned a lot of movies. Go back and listen to last week if you haven't heard it. And let us know, again, on social media, wherever, what do you think about some of our choices? Yes, episode 204, The Knowers. That was a Squatchachusetts episode when we heard the... Uh, we talked about the sound that was coming up and stuff like that. Okay, so that's what And that the is. disappearing Bigfoot. Bingo. Yep. Okay, great. Um, finally, uh, let's do this one. Megan Marie says, I'm listening to Sasquatch Chronicles' 500th episode right now, and they are interviewing Les Stroud, uh, Survivor Man. Sure. His take on the orbs and Sasquatch is amazing. I already love this man, but I think after hearing him speak on the Sasquatch has made me love him more. He'd be great for your podcast, which I've fell in love with immediately. Thank you, Mega Marie. I live in Southern New Hampshire and can't wait to visit Monsterland. Thank you for all you do. I look forward to more episodes. Well, Mega Marie, thank you. And please share it and spread the word. Everybody, that's how we will grow. Um, What do you think about that? Uh, Do you know anything about Les Stroud in in terms of his opinion on Sasquatch? Um, Les Stroud actually had a Bigfoot encounter in Alaska. And um, he was like, it was a gorilla-sounding thing that shouldn't be out there. Gotcha. Um, But I'm very curious to hear what he has to say about the orbs and Sasquatch. That's something I'm going to dig into. Indeed, and I, 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 this episode, this edition of Monster Mail is fantastic because I learned about the telescope. I'm literally going to go oh, awesome. to my town library and get a telescope. Um, we also had Facebook posts about an Australian police sighting, a Midwest Airlines sighting, and a sighting in Bend, Oregon. We don't have time to get into them, but we will coming up. And it, we also attached links to those on our Facebook page, so go check those out at Monsterland Pod. Uh, so thank you. Keep the mail coming. We will read them. And we'll all have fun together. Let me take a minute to talk about the Boston Podcast Network with Ronnie here. Uh, Just a few years ago, Ronnie, podcasting was on the fringe of the media world. We all know that. Mm. Now, there are more than half a million active podcasts. We're on the verge of an information revolution. Uh, Working with Pod617.com, the Boston Podcast Network allows you and your business to be part of it. Pod617 can produce your show soup to nuts with their professional producers, dynamic on-air hosts like us, Mm -hmm. radio quality equipment that you can see right here. They produce my show, and I couldn't be happier. Right, Ronnie? Oh, the best. These people are the best. Working with the Boston Podcast Network means becoming part of a community, allowing you to share in our success as you become part of a professionally marketed platform. Contact Pod617 to start planning. In the meantime... Listen, learn, and binge. Whether you're into music, sports, comedy, business, politics, or the unexplained, you'll find something here for you. Visit pod617.com in Pod We Trust. How about a little Monster Media now, Producer Dave? You are listening to the Monsterland Podcast with Ronnie LeBlanc and Maddie Blake. I'm scared to close my eyes. I'm coming apart! Now it's time for Monster Media. So, Maddie, thank you for the floor as usual. Mm-hmm. Producer Dave checking in with Monster Media. So what we did, this particular edition of Monster Media concerns reality television. And, of course, uh, Maddie, due to all the time you spent in Hollywood and in the entertainment biz and the host of Drilling Down on the History Channel. What is that, Julian? <laughs> oh, don't you have a special tomorrow night? Uh, too, I don't way? know. <laughs> Maybe we'll look into it. Hmm. Uh. Ronnie, maybe if you try really hard, you can pry that information out yeah. of him. But so what I've done is prepared five <laughs> clips from reality shows, and uh, so of course they're all there's no dearth of of paranormal reality shows. And what I thought would be cool for the experts to weigh in on 
what, um, <clears throat> how much weight do these things carry? Do you like the way it was presented? Are the reenactments uh, cheesy, perhaps? Did that detract from it? And maybe uh, ultimately come to a verdict, paranormal or just simply kind of normal. All right, so here we go with clip number one, which comes from the television show Finding Bigfoot. So here we go. So we set up base camp, and Bobo and Renee had just started their sweep into the woods when something caught her attention in the distance. Who's that up there? There's something on the hill. Wow, did I just see a Sasquatch? Who the heck's walking up there without lights? So we got one of the heroes of the show headed off in the, over the hill. A lot of creepy night vision shots. I saw was big. It looked all the god like I was walking on two legs. There might be a Sasquatch right here. I don't understand. So he sees an image of a thermal and busts up the hill? I'm so frustrated right now. It's like there's no communication. What would happen if you did that? He'd flip out. This is not how you collect evidence of any animal. Where's the plan? Where's the communication? We don't just run off rogue and Shut up, Renee! gotta be hiding. I don't see him. Uh, you get the point. The okay. tension in the team. Tell now, us what you think of Finding Bigfoot in that clip. Ronnie, I'm going to um, recuse myself from this. I will say this about that particular clip because you you know these guys. Yeah. And we've met Cliff. I've been on the show. And you've yeah. been on this show, so yeah. I'm going to leave the floor to you. But I will say this about that clip. That is as good as it gets in yeah. terms of if I knew nothing about that show, I see that, I ain't changing the channel. Right, I'm sorry. Yeah. I mean, that is really well done. And, and, you know, from the thermal image of the guy walking up the hill, the subplot of the scientist skeptic being angry because he didn't handle the science of it correctly. I mean, right. that that is as good as it gets in reality, that clip right there. I, yeah. I, I give that two huge Bigfoot toes up. <laughs> uh, no, I, I, I love the show. It was, it was always fun, but it was frustrating because you always felt like you're not going to see anything, you know, and, but you c- continue to watch. And I think it just brought a lot of awareness about Sasquatch and Bigfoot. Um, again, a lot of people think it's just one Bigfoot, and there's actually many. Um, I think it did a lot of good, but again, it was one of those shows that just failed to hit the mark. But stuff like that is super entertaining, and you kind of get sucked right in. Really well produced. Yeah. Unfor- I mean, that yeah. clip is just, that, that's as good as it gets in reality TV. I'm sorry. Yeah, I'm, I'm with you. I was I wanted to see what happened as the, as they sprinted th- with the night vision and the sprinting through the dark and there's dissension among the ranks. It, yes. it's, it's, it, it's good tension in, within right. the team. But, Ronnie, I think what you're getting at is, unfortunately, it lays it, it the, the show leaves itself victim to critics like, the snarky Joel McHale who said, let's take a look at the show Finding Bigfoot where they never find Bigfoot. Of course. <laughs> so, and, and, you know, but but here's the thing is is that better, as you just said, Ronnie, because it w- raised a lot of awareness about it. Right. And, and better it existed than not. Yeah. You and, know? you know, and they had witnesses come out that yes. their stories never would have gotten told Very without compelling. the show, which was great. Um, but, yeah, I don't know. All right, we got clip number two. This is from the television show Ghost Hunters. Here we go. Hello. Is there anybody here in the Everett family? Oh, oh. Hey, S- Steve. Yeah? Holy crap. Are you 
kidding me? Did you get something on the thermal? I think we caught something. So they're looking at a thermal image, yeah. looking for perhaps a something, figure. Something looked like it just walked right across the hall. Right. A human-looking figure yeah. on infrared. Still making their way through this creepy Hello? basement. Um. Um. You don't, you don't want to see this. Did you see something on the thermal? Uh, yeah, and I was recording. Launch. Okay, boom. All right, so now I didn't think much of it because it seemed like it broke away. I figured it was a reflection. And then watch. Here it comes. Wow. That's incredible. And what did you oh, see, Matt? Uh, wow. It looks like a human figure walks right across the hallway. Yeah. Not all the way at the end of the hallway. Um, and, and it looks longer, but is that door. the reflection yeah. all around? Or? It would have moved from here. Well, another great clip. I mean, I really loved these guys. Yeah, this was a fun show. Ghost well. Hunters, the, they're infinitely likable. You know, blue-collar guys, working-class guys. They freaking work for Roto-Rooter, which I love that they didn't hide. Right. You know, I love that they didn't hide that these guys had day jobs. Right. You rooted for them. Um, the spirit of the show was right on the money, I think. They didn't claim to be anything more than what they were. Right. You know what I mean? And um, there's a lot of humility in the way they presented their findings, a lot of humility and honesty in the way they presented their findings to the people who they were uh, presenting to. Right. You know, hey, look. This is what we found. And they would even say, I'm not even going to say anything to you. I just want to show this to you. You know, and I just appreciate that so much. I, think I thought that was pretty genuine, his reaction. Because we, we've all watched enough reality TV, TV to know when you're playing for the camera. And I, I thought that was pretty genuine. Yeah. The, the Taps guys, this is, this is probably the best of the, you know, pure ghost shows, if you oh, will. Yeah. I, I, you, you're rooted for these guys, oh, yeah. right? Definitely. Are Loved they still it. on? I couldn't tell you, well, but they we'll did look Ghost Hunters up. International, and okay. I, I don't think the show's on anymore. I know Jason right. Dawes does his own um, uh, podcast radio show. Okay, too. cool, yeah. cool. Ronnie, what did you think of these guys? Same. I I, I love the show. Yeah. I I it really um, I think it kind of introduced a lot of people to the ability that anybody could be a ghost hunter in a sense. Like yeah, you right. can get the right equipment, and right. there's there's haunted places all over. Right. And so it just I I I, I thought the show was great. If I were going to do Paranormal reality. Uh huh. Uh huh. Go on. I would. I'm just saying, if by some crazy chance you <laughs> end up doing a paranormal, <laughs> I would come at it with the same honesty and humility that these guys seem to come at it with. Right. As opposed to some other shows, which actually one of them might be in this little package by David. I don't know, and I hope not, because I don't want to speak ill. <laughs> we'll either, see. Okay. So uh, I miss the tap guys. They were they were a lot of fun. I do too. All right, moving on. Next clip is from Ghost Lab. Here we go. Oh. It started in this field, this field right here. 20 years ago, on a trip to the historic battlefield, Brad Kling made a surprising discovery that propelled his interest in the paranormal. July 6, 1990, I was on a family vacation in Gettysburg. It was broad daylight and we're driving out of town. I uh, look over in this field and I notice this group of, of Union soldiers just wandering through the field. I think they're doing a reenactment. So I tell my dad, hey, pull over. I want to get this on videotape. He does. I jump out, run about halfway across this field, stop, and I pan across. They're in frame for just a few seconds and I stop it because I want to get a little bit closer. As soon as I look up to start running again, they're gone. And I mean, nowhere to be found. They would have had to move about 300 yards in a second to be out and of my sight. And he's narrating over. No possible way. We, we see the that figures, right, guys? Like we, right. Oh, we right. actually saw them, yeah. The paranormal existed. 
and I've been wanting answers ever since. Wow. I'm that's sleeping in the crazy. bed where the stepmother was hacked to death with an axe. Yeah. It's already started. You know, I, I, I never saw Ghost Lab. It, 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 I was aware of it, but it kind of slipped through the yeah. my there, there was a, there, there was a run of, of a lot of these, you know, and it was hard to keep track of all of them. And um, but boy, I'm really impressed with that particular clip. Yeah, um, that's wild. You know, I like what I saw, Ronnie. Have you, did you watch I've, Ghost I've, Lab? I've seen an episode or two, and I thought it was kind of cool. They have like this mobile lab that oh, they go to it. different locations and they can analyze footage. And they have everything there, so it's a cool concept. And uh, that. Uh, particular one that they just showed his video footage is pretty wild. Yeah, the, the, you even see the flags and the. I mean, yeah. that is that is. I mean, Gettysburg is, man. It, I mean, that is the place. Who is it? I think it's James Gillian calling from Trout Lake. Our potential East guest. Eddie, East Eddie Ranch. Answer, answer, answer. Oh, I just missed it. Oh <laughs> my god! <laughs> All right, I just want to take a live it's call. It's Trout Lake. I think it's yeah, him. Yeah, that's that's got to be him. Yeah. Future guests. You never know what's going to happen on Monsterland. Never know. All right, this next clip is from a show called Monster Quest. Here we go. Oh yeah. It's a possible explanation, but more difficult to dismiss are the multiple sightings reported by police officers, men trained in the art of observation and attention to detail. I would not have pulled that revolver unless I was afraid. Dan Gordon is a retired Whitehall Village police officer. On February 15, 1982, Dan was on a routine patrol when he saw something he cannot forget. I was heading north on Route 22 with my partner. And this creature came from the left. I saw it take two steps off the road over ah. guardrails. <laughs> so okay. we have a furry creature reenactment. <laughs> yeah. First bad reenactment. Right. <laughs> what channel is this? This uh, history? That was some bear, wasn't yeah. it? Yeah. Fly-by-night fly network history you know, channel. Yeah. <laughs> Love you, history. Dan immediately left the vehicle. This is like episodes like 10 years old. And yeah, it's old. Okay, right. you guys so get the point. I, I, think, I, I think that was our first bad, you know, CGI recreation. Yeah. I think there's something I'm seeing here, Ronnie, that seems to be a common thread, and that is, you know, shows on sticks, like documentary style, or shows with narration and recreation, to right. me, with with rare exception, uh, are somehow a little less compelling oh, totally. than a team of people who you get to know Right, who are going out doing things actively, and you and and you're rooting for them, or you hate them. Right, doesn't matter. Yeah. You're invested in them. It's like night and day. It it's really like night is. And day. Yeah, right. As like, soon as you see that, I mean, I'm I'm the layperson compared to you guys, but as soon as you see that cheesy, re- I mean, that was like we we were looking at a guy in a gorilla suit jumping over a guardrail yeah, or whatever. Right. He was doing. Bad CGI. Yeah, and uh, yeah, immediately it detracts from the integrity of the story. Yeah, and right. and, you, and you're right because when. What we said about finding Bigfoot earlier, I think, is it holds true because even if they don't find Bigfoot in a, in a given episode, you become part of their journey, and you you yes. sort of you hear from each one of them you, the dynamics of the group. That makes for a really good show. Yes, I yeah. almost glazed over in that thirty seconds we were oh, watching totally. it. As soon yeah. as the narrator started, I was kind of like, "All right," yeah. but when you're watching a team. Do something. You right. know, Ronnie, if you and I did a paranormal show. Mm. Our, our own TV show, you mean? Go on. I was saying, if we were to do something, we would certainly not do recreation. <laughs> it would be, it would be, inte- it would, I thought it, you just had a stroke there I for did, a I did. 
Okay. The idea of us doing a show. You, you were doing an Alistair <laughs> Cook there or <laughs> no, something. I, I don't know what happened. I turned into like I'm the paranormal William F. Buckley. Really, we want to do a show. Good show. All right, all right. We're we're up to our final segment in Monster Media, and this 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 may be the most important one we do, ladies and gentlemen. The Long Island Medium. Here she is. On the Ellen Show, by the way, here she is. We're back with Teresa Caputo from the Long Island Medium, and she said as we were going to break that a couple of people in here, she's feeling uh, lost children. Somebody <laughs> lost a son in a tragedy. He tells me that he passed because he shows me the doves in his hands. She's, always, which she's, she's right here, the woman in the blue shirt. Uh, uh, did you lose your son, ma'am? So just know that he's showing me the doves in his hands, which is my symbol for that he's safe and at peace with God. And he snapped his fingers at me, which is my symbol for that he left the physical world in an unexpected way and want you to know and thanking you for the way that you loved him and respected his choices and decisions. You didn't always agree with him, but you always respected him. Is that correct? He wants to thank you for that. And more importantly, that She's he's She's nodding somewhat. Yeah. He actually leaned over and kissed you and said, thanks, Mom. Oh. All right. Um, <laughs> incredible, right? <laughs> well I mean, well done, Ellen. <laughs> well done. I can't. I can't. I've, I've, just, I've personally <laughs> been at one of these. Um, who's the guy from Rhode Island? Your boy. Oh, uh, John, uh, Matt, John, no, Matt Frazier, Matt Frazier my oh, boy. Sorry. So I, I went, Edwards, I went yeah. to see Matt Frazier and my cousin Lori, who's a big fan of the show. Um, was Lori Hart was, was Matt's girlfriend there. No, she wasn't. Um, so basically, we went. She had gotten tickets because my sister had passed away six years ago. Right, and um, it was pretty amazing. Like I've always been. I've always believed that there's you know yeah. psychics, mediums. That mm-hmm. there's ones that work. There's some that are charlatans, but. What I what I saw there was pretty incredible. So I know that this is what she's doing is is real. You know, there's people that can actually see. But but just not to put too fine a point on it, Ronnie. Yeah. But did you believe this this actual bit? Uh, n- not as you you want to kind of see the um, the lady that she's talking to almost like you know almost tearing up or she's because I don't want to I don't want to kind of like yeah, okay yeah. so she she's very mockable the Long Island medium but. Uh, she threw out she's some very, details. She's very somethingable. That <laughs> oh my god! The hair barely great. fit in the frame. She looked great in that picture. Hashtag her too. <laughs> Sorry, she looks well, awesome. Oh. Look at her. She's adorable. Go ahead, Carrie. I think she Producer actually Carrie. has an alien implant in her hair <laughs> at the top of her head. Yeah, right, oh, right, right, right there. Theme running. That's why her hair is so big. That's a portal right there. But listen, yeah. li- listen to Ellen's reaction. Yeah, though, Ellen's it's more like, pressure. Yeah. The second. T- yeah, listen. All right. Um, All right, Chris. Incredible, right? I mean, this is... <laughs> well done, Helen. Not exactly uh, deep breath. <laughs> yeah. Incredible, All right? right? I mean, Not exactly Dick Cavett. <laughs> All right. Well, I think so, she didn't know what to say. She didn't right, know what, what to say. She, well, you know, she was like, she was probably going like, why are we booking this? Uh, yeah. Um, besides Ellen's horrible handling of that moment. Uh, yeah, no, I mean, look, it's probably really hard to do that in a studio audience of a daytime talk show. It was very general. Anyone could have lost their son and she happened to hit on one. I'm not saying it's not real because I had a very, very, very powerful experience with a psychic, which I won't get into now. Um, I do think the real ones are real. Yeah. Um, I do question sometimes who the psychics are contacting Mm -hmm. because I don't know if I subscribe to this, but there was a priest friend of mine, I've mentioned him on the podcast before, who told me that um, be very careful because despite the flowery language and the senses love and, the, mm. I, and they'll know something that only they could have known, all that's real. It's from the other side. 
but it might not be that loved one. Because do you think it's like a trickster or a demon or a gym will use that type of information to I, draw you in yeah. um, and take you away from uh, where you should be focused spiritually and get you into it's the start of a road down to new age, occultism, things like that. Okay. okay. Just just a warning. I'm not saying that all psychics yeah. are doing that or that they're knowingly doing that or something, but I, but it is I'm always very careful um, when I have these experiences like okay, Here, but is that really my mom or is that really my uncle? Here's the thing. Yeah. <clears throat> if you got demons and something yep. evil, yeah. It's going to deliver a message of fear and everything else. It's not going to necessarily deliver I a message of It's our first fight. Okay. I disagree <laughs> because if you're the devil or you're a demon, you're not going to come at people going like, <laughs> <laughs> you're not going to come at people and go like, yeah, you're going to be like flowers, love, peace, light. You can be a God. You can achieve maximum human, love flowers. And you know, they're going to come at it. It's like the screw tape letters by CS Lewis. Like, he describes to a fictional demon yeah. how to get a man, and it's all coming from behind. It's all flowery. It's all light love because people are going to have their antenna up if it's anything else. So I'm not again. I'm not saying that all psychics but, are yeah. doing this, but I'm saying it's a potential way into some bad it stuff. It could be, but I feel like you know these people. Like, all right, so that one I went to with Matt Frazier. Yeah, people were like crying, walking out joyful, kind yes. of like making that, and so it was. Uh, it was a very powerful experience. Absolutely. It was not one that I felt was negative, but I agree with you that, yeah, you could kind of use this, but yeah, what it, I've seen and experienced has been positive. I'm but. just saying that, I'm not saying I reject all of it. Yeah. I'm saying- It could be a conduit I'm, for- I'm careful. Yeah. Yep. Even, I, and I'm not even saying that it's faked. I, I'm saying that I think it's very much from the other side, but I just yeah. want to be very sure- that it is coming from those people. Sure. You with me? Yeah. Um, yep. And I think I know the difference. I really do. I think I know when there's a, a, a person who is, I can just tell. I, I can't even describe it. Um, yeah. You it's know, annoying. And despite the psychic's best intentions, by the way, the psychic could have no idea. The psychic could be best intentions, light, love, peace, harmony, but walking you down a path of stuff that in the end, in the long run, despite the good feelings of that night, mm -hmm could lead you down a path of occultism and things that you shouldn't be dealing with. Like a Monsterland podcast. <laughs> Something like that. The Black Arts, you mean? <laughs> this is just a the big Kung play to bring people on the side of our <laughs> evil cabal. That escalated quickly. <laughs> Dave, this is a fantastic edition of what is my new favorite segment. Did you like that one? What's it called? That's great. It's called Monster, <laughs> it's called Monster Media. Right. Thank Monster you. Media. Yeah, Here, let me, let me end this. I'm applauding as, for myself. Let me end this awesome segment as Ellen would. Okay. <laughs> awesome. All right. Um. <laughs> uh, well, that's it for tonight, everybody. This has been amazing. An amazing guest. Thank, Thank you, you, Mark D'Antonio. Thank you to oh. our in-studio guests. Thank you to Kerry. Thank you to David. Ronnie LeBlanc, uh, thank you all monsters for your monster mail participating. Uh, we will be back next week. Brand new episode, brand new guest. Let's hear from you. Keep the mails and messages coming. And until next time, Ronnie, as always. Yeah. Do you have a sign off I can use? <laughs> oh, I just want to remind people to watch History Channel tomorrow night, 219 at 9 o'clock. Uh, Maddie Blake's paranormal special about Oak Island. Watch me on History Channel tomorrow. <laughs> I mean, peace and love, everybody. <laughs> yeah! 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 yeah!
Talk about evil spirits. <laughs> Thank you for joining us on the Monsterland Podcast. If you or someone you know has an experience to share, or if you have questions, you can reach us at monsterlandreport at gmail.com. Find us on social media at Monsterland Pod. Until we meet again in Monsterland. Yeah.